another episode of Adding Up. I'm Serena.Brian, the host, and I am dedicated to sharing with you my challenges, successes, and failures with money as I am on my journey to become debt-free and enable others to do the same. My hope with this podcast as well is to help those who are the advisors in finance and accounting to help people like myself understand their money better and enable them to have the life they truly want. I have seen firsthand how when we separate ourselves from our money and our responsibility and accountability for it, we do so at the detriment of our financial well-being. And this process in itself really means if you aren't ultimately responsible for your money, how you use it and what you really want in connecting the two, then you are very vulnerable to not actually having the life you want, to working indefinitely potentially and worse, being in debt unnecessarily. For me, debt is pretty ugly and the accessibility to borrow money is something that I call into question and I used to get really angry at how easy it was for me to get money and I actually was able to on only $30,000 a year and at the age of 20 and single I was able to get a home loan. Now that in itself wasn't a bad thing so I can proudly say at the age of 20 I was a home owner while I was jointly with the bank who had my loan. I was able to comfortably pay it off. Thankfully, I've got very supportive parents who helped me to, well, allowed me to still live at home. However, uh, I hadn't fully thought through the consequences of moving into my investment property and living in it, and that being my first time out of home what that would mean to really understand and budget properly with money. And I really considered the way I was living, it was a constant challenge because I hadn't really attached the value to my budgeting and the life I really wanted. And it's not until, well, over 20 years later, I'm seeing the consequences of not really understanding money not really having financial education and connecting my money with what I want in life. It's interesting when you can get involved in the motivational space and talking about what you really want. And I would pursue that quite vigorously more than once in my life and think about it from a perspective of, oh, oh that's what I want. And Periodically, I would focus, knuckle down and set a budget for specific things I wanted to achieve, such as the ability to go and buy property. But once I have had it, well, it's almost looking at it at a project level, once I have it, I go, well, now what? The importance of consistency and having a bigger picture rather than being project-based is something that's pretty important in our life and even talking about these things now for me are pretty personal because for me whilst I bought property at the age of 20 
and then was able to leverage that property and the equity in it to buy my second property at the age of 27. What happened for me was something that I would say, I, I like to think I bought my first property with my head and my second property with my heart. I ended up losing both with my heart. And what I want to explain here is something that I see as a really big pitfall for me and someone listening perhaps could relate to this story and my hope in sharing it will help myself firstly uh, quite a cathartic thing is to share these things and not hide it anymore and then also help others to say it's okay if you do share your story see for me I at the age of 27 was feeling like I was in a job I didn't like I never really thought through what I wanted to be when I grew up in fact I used to joke about that a lot I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and that led me to change jobs and career paths more than once in my life and at the age of 27 I was miserable working in a finance company of all things I felt stifled I didn't really feel like I was clear on what I wanted to do I did know that I loved studying and being in the space of marketing and the creative side of me in that I loved being able to connect people with what they liked and what they wanted because I could quite see, easily see it in others but not necessarily myself. It's an interesting quandary. I think there's nothing more satisfying to me than to see other people happy. And if I could play a part in that, I was excited. And initially I really didn't know that that was marketing but thankfully, to, well, thanks to people around me recognised that I was interested in marketing and suggested I study communications. So at the time, I was still really unhappy in my job, but studying of an evening in communications. And I also, at that point in time as well, I was working um, three nights a week um, as a Weight Watchers leader. And there's a bit of backstory in that in that um, also self-discovery of myself at the same time. Um, in my early 20s, I lost around, I think I was around 30, 35 pounds um, in weight, which is around 17, 18 kilos. Uh, and when I lost that weight, I used a program called Weight Watchers. And that led me to become a Weight Watchers leader because I really wanted to help others being able to do what I had also done, um, which was learn to have healthy eating plans and lose weight in the process. Even to this day, I'm a big advocate on people being healthy rather than losing weight. And at the time for me, I was unhealthy, so I wanted to get healthy. You may think, what on earth has this got to do with talking about finance and debt? Well, it's actually got a lot to do with it. Little did I know at the time, this ability to budget, it's really good to interchange budgeting food with budgeting dollars and cents. And I didn't realise that was a skill that I'd built up really well with food that could easily be transferable to money and from money back to food because the ability to track what I had and what I was eating 
and exercise I was doing as well, like essentially, you know, I was finding an ability to um, earn more, <laughs> to be able to eat more. Uh, all of this was leading to skills being transferable for me to be better at things that I realized. This level of awareness for me is a skill now as I look back on it. I now jokingly talk about the debt that I carry as essentially I'm financially overweight at the moment. The big difference between when I lost weight and now losing debt for me is, well, you can see weight. People can see when you have too much weight on your body. Um, they can see when you're unhealthy. And whilst those things aren't mutually, you know, exclusive or that obvious, you know, some people can be thin and unhealthy. I want to point that out too because it's important. It's not just weight. But more often than not, people can visibly see when you're unhealthy and overweight. Whereas when it comes to debt, it's actually really easy to hide from most people, unless it's your accountant or bookkeeper. And now this podcast is a contributing factor for me to show more people, in fact, the world, my debt. And this in a process of becoming more accountable for it. And my hope is also that more people become aware that it's okay to talk about it. This Tuesday, I am going to a talk um, hosted by Melissa Brown. And it's actually surrounded by the theme of talking about the taboos of money and talking money. I registered for that and I've actually got two clients going with me to that talk as well because I want to do as much as I possibly can to talk about money and do it in a healthy way, a productive way that will help others to see it is okay to talk about money. It is okay to talk about it so that we can be better at how we look after it, how we nurture it, or not and by doing this become healthier because I see that when we're unhealthy about money and we don't talk about it it creates a lot of unhealthy habits and unnecessary stress for you for potentially family members for a ripple effect around everyone you're connected with and I don't think that that's a good thing for us personally and as a society or broader community. When we have healthy relationships with money, when we're educated on how better to use it, when we're surrounded by trusted advisors, we are better for it. Our mental health is better for it. And I want to start those conversations and have them more frequently to make a positive difference. Hiding how we are with money is not healthy for anybody. Look, another book I'm listening to at the moment is called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And I'll also put a link to Melissa Brown because I think um, from what I'm hearing from some lovely friends and 
connections is that they speak extremely highly of her and her passion also for talking about money healthily. Uh, the book, Debt, The First 5,000 Years, is actually quite fascinating. I'm about a third of the way through it at the moment. And the book itself is um, almost comical. And I mean that in a good way. I find it surreal to talk about the history of debt before money was even invented. And this uh, exchange of things between people culturally in different civilizations meant it was easy to accrue debt. And understanding that in our relationship with debt is something incredibly important. I talk about it in that context because when we can see how money is really a byproduct of us being able to repay debt when we don't have something of value to someone else, it really is a substitute uh, to use in lieu of having a cow that someone may want or, you know, a piece of land that they want or even uh, you'll find it quite confronting talking about women as well being used in exchanges because um, unfortunately whether we want to acknowledge it or not women were often exchanged wives and daughters were handed over to repay debts and whilst that's pretty confronting in our modern culture it's about understanding how history was and how we still see this now as a challenge that while things may have evolved, it is still a fact of what do we see as value and how can we exchange things of value to get what we want. So debt is definitely a broader conversation to be had and why I'm actually reading the book Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Understanding accountants and bookkeepers has an interesting path I've been on because, and I bring it up, that this is a journey I'm on where I got fascinated about working with accountants and bookkeepers by having clients come to me because I was talking a lot about numbers in marketing and I was having accountants inquiring to work with me because I was talking a lot about numbers. And when I, as I like to do, is understand the client and how they want to get clients. The more I ask those questions, the more I was asking questions of learning about finance. And I see this disparity between people thinking that finance is separate to their business or they groan and talk about a boring accountant. But stop and think for a moment. An accountant is a person who understands numbers and when you can understand the numbers around your business and the whole reason you're usually going into business is so you can have enough money or numbers to achieve the things that you want, whether that be lifestyle choices, flexibility of work, more holidays and travel. There are all these things that are attached to those numbers. So I've found myself becoming more and more intrigued by numbers and how they connect with what we want and that reason in itself is leading me to want to attend accounting conferences and accounting events and numbers events hence why I got so excited when I saw 
Melissa Brown's event coming up. Uh, I found myself at the QuickBooks conference not so long ago in May, and I loved that they encouraged people in business to attend, not just accountants and bookkeepers. And it's definitely on my radar to attend ZeroCon events as well. And you may think, well, what's the point of me being a marketer who wants to attend, you know, accounting and bookkeeping events? I, I want to be the person who is more empowered to ask better questions of accountants and bookkeepers and essentially be able to help accountants and bookkeepers understand the challenges of people in business so they can actually talk in context of what people want from an accountant and bookkeeper. Uh, it, it's very easy to disconnect the two and think, well, what's the point in the book or the business owner being in one of their conferences? Yet I see it critical to connect the two to strengthen the relationship and have better outcomes for accountants and bookkeepers and for business owners. And the more I get involved in this space, the more I want to be involved. I see that that is the lifeblood of businesses staying in business. And it connects me to a higher purpose of not just feeling like I'm helping growing businesses, but I'm helping the sustainability of people staying in business. And that is a vital thing for people to connect with. And I, I truly believe all my failure that I've had around being able to, well, come back to the fact that, yes, I bought property at the age of 20 and I bought another property at the age of 27. And then as a lifestyle choice, when I was incredibly unhappy, I up and I, I moved from where I was living and working in the city to a snow resort. And by doing that, it meant that my income halved, but I was so unhappy in my job and looking forward to an opportunity of the shiny bauble of living in a snow resort, halving my income, I didn't realise the dire consequences of doing that. And the dire consequences for me was that within three years of that decision to move to the snow resort, I had sold both my properties and I was over $100,000 in debt. The ugly side of debt and the consequences of not thinking through my numbers before I moved meant that I thought I would be happier by living somewhere I wanted to and in a place I wanted to. But by not thinking through my numbers, I made myself incredibly unhappy and all my hard work of budgeting and buying property disappeared completely. I've since recovered from that and well in saying that five years ago um, which was probably nearly 10 years after the disasters around property I went and uh, decided to go into business for myself for the first time and that was great the business going well however I still hadn't fully embraced or understood my numbers and it's realising that um, when the business was on a high, I didn't ask the right questions of people around me, in, but rather giving you an example, a question I asked when I saw a new business opportunity was, could I borrow the money 
to finance that new business opportunity, which was a new business in addition to the new business I already had. And because I asked the question, could I borrow the money? The numbers were done around borrowing the money, assuming that my income would be growing. I didn't have money in the bank at the time on the existing business. Borrowed the money and the business, the second business fell flat. And what happened there, this is talking about the really happy side of debt. Whew. What happened there was we ended up with another $100,000 loan that had to be serviced by the first business. I hadn't learnt my lesson around money. And that is the really, truly ugly side of it. And it, this was, if I want to give you some context here, uh, we're looking at nearly three years ago now. And my interesting part of the journey now is it wasn't until I did a stock take and I've gone through uh, my consistent education now since, well, probably the last 18 months, picking myself up off the ground. I'm, I'm proud to say that the debt that we incurred three years ago, I've been able to successfully service that debt. I'm proud to say we're consistently growing. The original business started five years ago. And I'm proud to say that, well, um, by not changing my personal income drawing out of the business, I've been able to adjust our budgeting since October last year, which is around eight months now. And in addition to surfacing the debt we have, I've also got $12,000 or had $12,000 in credit card debt. I've now halved credit card debt since October while still servicing the debt. Now, these things may not seem big. However, I'm really passionate about not starving the current business which means I'm not overdrawing out of it. I've, I've essentially become more budget conscious with the money we have. And sharing this story, whilst it might seem really early days and I've got big numbers to hit uh, with repaying debt, I'm approaching this with such clarity and conviction and a change in mindset. I'm approaching this as I am on a lifestyle change, much the same as I went on a lifestyle change nearly 20 years ago with my weight. And I've been able to manage my weight for more than 20 years now by applying this technique, which I'm applying to my finance. And that approach is be creative with what you have and be happy with what you have where you are right now. And by doing this, you have the capacity to earn more because you are happier and be more successful. And these are lifestyle changes. So it is important to be aware. It is important to budget better and be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm.